you know, this is very agile, the, the PDCA, plan, do, check, learn, and adapt, okay? It's also a philosophy of life. We can apply it in, in the classroom, in organization, in our personal life. But it's good sometime to get out of the hamster wheel, pose, and reflect. This is fundamental. Hi, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of the Exploring the Core podcast. Today, I'm sharing my conversation with Emmanuel Ponchin about his experience with the EduScrum framework and the Agile mindset. Thanks for listening. I first met Emmanuel at an online gathering of educators who are adopting or have adopted and are improving their practice in what's called an Agile mindset through the use of a framework called EduScrum for education. And it's important to understand a little bit about what this EduScrum framework and Agile mindset is all about, since my conversation with Emmanuel explores how he's using this mindset and framework in amazingly creative ways with companies and schools all over the world. And for those who listened to the last episode in Season 2, you might already know that I first heard about Agile Scrum in education from my conversation with Heather Cowup. And since then... I've explored the Agile mindset quite a bit and found that it has a rich, though brief, history over the past hundred years. But for the sake of time, I'm going to review just five key highlights to get us to today's conversation. The first highlight to note is from the 1930s, where select scientists were applying a four-step cycle of plan, do, study, act. They used this cycle to improve their products and processes in their labs, and it's a cycle that was uniquely different than how most of the world at that time approached product development and manufacturing. Now, the second highlight happens in the 1950s, when the famous W. Edwards Deming would develop that cycle to improve efficiency and effectiveness in manufacturing businesses around the world, particularly those outside of the U.S., starting with Japan, and there's an amazing story behind all of that, which I highly recommend everybody check out. But the third highlight, it takes place in 1986, when an article in the Harvard Business Review called The New Product Development Game introduces that agile mindset to the world outside of big manufacturing businesses. This is the article that first relates the agile mindset to what's called a scrum, in the game of rugby, and it promoted the collaborative and iterative nature of the Agile mindset in product development. Now the fourth highlight fast forwards a little bit and looks at the IT and tech development world in the 1990s when professionals began applying this scrum approach to adopting an Agile mindset with surprising success. Jeff Sutherland was one of those professionals who would eventually write a book in 2014 called Scrum, The Art of Doing Twice the Work in Half the Time. Now this leads us right into the fifth highlight, which appears in the last chapter of Jeff Sutherland's book, where he talks about Willie Wynand in reference to his work actively adapting that Scrum model to education with what Willie appropriately names EduScrum. Now we fast forward again to today with professionals like Emmanuel Punchin who are taking this agile mindset to companies and organizations around the world in new and innovative ways, which is why I was very excited 
to speak with Emmanuel about his work and get a better understanding of Agile and how the bridge being built to connect industry and education all over the world is happening right now. So please enjoy our conversation as we explore the core of Agile in today's world. Emmanuel, how are you? What's been going on? Well, a lot's been going on. Uh, actually, I uh, came back home last week because the last 10 days I, I was away. I was in Madrid, I was in Copenhagen, working on new new projects, new challenges with um, one of our clients. And uh, actually what we're doing here in Spain is working very well. And they want to open it up to uh, nine other countries in Europe. So it was like a two-day sessions meeting to uh, actually to uh, to introduce uh, the agile mindset in their in their organization. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, I, I know some of what you've done with Agile and EduScrum uh, since we met at, at the EduScrum gathering. But for the podcast and the listeners, would you talk a bit about your journey and how you got into Agile and EduScrum in the first place? Okay, sounds great. Well, uh, as you may know, I'm from uh, from France and uh, traveled a bit. Uh, and uh, at some point, um, I uh, arrived in uh, in Madrid, and it was in uh, in 2000. Started working with um, organizations in terms of teaching languages, coaching, mentoring. And uh, after that, I moved to the north of Spain, work in a in an English school here in the north of Spain, and. Uh, always been willing to learn new uh, uh, innovation methodology frameworks and at some point I started doing a work on a, on a master but neuroscience and multiple um, intelligence theory you know applied to education put it into practice which was great with my students and at some point I realized like it's, it's, it's going very well however there's something missing some kind of framework. That's when I got back to the world of organizations and I came across this agile, agility, mindset, scrum. So I started to investigate a bit and um, I was thinking to myself, perhaps we could use this scrum thing with education. So I investigated a little bit. Uh, it didn't take me much time to come across Edu Scrum, And there was the uh, name of Willy Wijnand came up. So I remember exactly that moment. I was in the classroom, actually. So, <clears throat> and uh, so I wrote down uh, um, an email to Willie. He answered to me 10 minutes later. And well, I don't believe in coincidences, but more like synchronicities. Where was Willie at that time? Willie was in Orlando, United States, at the uh, World Scrum Gathering. And just that day, he and other international educators were writing down the manifesto agile in education. Perfect timing. After a few uh, weeks, we uh, we met through uh, Skype and we um, hit it off. I mean, there was always a great connection with Willie. On the following year, uh, I was uh, lucky enough to uh, take part of uh, the, the first international Scrum training, which was fantastic. Went to his uh, ashram in his college, in his school. Uh, there were people from different countries to be uh, trainees from uh, Mexico, Switzerland, Romania, Austria, Germany, all countries. And uh, we went into his classroom, observed, asked questions, 
learn from the answers, learn from the questions from uh, the other trainees. It was a fantastic experience. We even had a, a session of Aikido because you know that Willie and Jeff Sutherland are both uh, masters of uh, Aikido. And, uh, and it was yeah just a fantastic experience. Lots of learning, also multicultural, uh, lots of takeaways. And this challenge was like, my idea was to, to take Eduscrem to a, a learning teaching. Actually, I did it. Um, and I didn't ask for, for permission to the leader of the school, just uh, put it into, into practice. If not, I would still be waiting for the, the answer. And um, it worked very well. It worked very well. It was the last term, which is not normal. Uh, usually there's a resistance, which is logical, normal, because all of a sudden you give the responsibility of learning back to the student. It's like, whoa, whoa what's happening? So you've been working with Scrum since what, 2016, around that time? 2017, 2017. I started mm -hmm. on that term, did the following year. And in parallel, I also used it with a, a project, like it was like an agile project for kids from seven to 14 years old, mixed age, where they could use, they could usually when you are in a classroom, you know, the the why and the what is usually decided by the the, the teacher, but in this case, in that project, they decided the why, the how, and the what. I actually remember the first time they used it, they said, we want to make a movie. Okay, let's use Scrum. So we, we, yes. So the students defined the why and the what? Yeah, the, the, uh, the why, the how, and the what. This was for the project. So this was not part of the curriculum. This was an activity we did on Saturday morning, okay, with kids from 7 to 14 years old. Mixed age, very important. It's all about breaking down barriers, you know, uh, those artificial barriers. And uh, and uh, it was was fantastic because we explained the why behind it. Okay, we prepared the whole board when everything was ready. The the mountain, you know, broken down into rocks, which are the stories. The stories were defined with the why behind them, the acceptance criteria, the task. And at this point, we said, let's go. And it's starting to move around and getting organized. And the two adults, I remember, they were started to move towards the, the kids. And I stopped them, I said, just observe and see what's happening. It was magical, it was, yeah, really, uh, it was completely self-organized. So yeah, great experience. Now, you mentioned self-organized, and I'm curious, uh, how do schools and organizations uh, react when you talk about the potential for Scrum to, um, instill a sense of self-organizing uh, organization as a, an approach to learning and culture in those schools and organizations. Hmm. Well, there's uh, there are several aspects to to take into account. First, uh, starting from where they are is the starting point. Wherever they are, that's the 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 starting point, and and show them that they already have the, the superpowers, the skills, the activity to create teams and the teams can be uh, uh, self-organized and because they've got the capacity. So the only thing they need basically is the, the right environment, okay, which is an environment of trust. So uh, in a school, usually the figure comes from the, 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 the teacher in an organization would come with a, through the leaders. If they've got the, the trust of the, the leaders, this is much easier. It takes time. It's not something that's uh, that's easy. It really, and many times they doubt. But I see. I remember was the leader, the manager. She was taking notes. 
don't worry, that's fine. <laughs> it's not, it's nothing wrong about it because she was learning from you. So it's always this, is this really happening? So it, it takes, it takes time, but we start little with quick wins and then we uh, replicate and, uh, and escalate little by little. Hmm. It sounds like you're working with, uh, you know, organizational change more than you are adapting EduScrum as an instructional approach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The idea would be to have this, this transparency throughout the, the schools, the educational center or whatever. But the key, the key here is the, the agreements, the starting point. We often skip this part, but what are the agreements? Uh, in EduScrum, you've got definition of doing or communication or definition of fun, okay? And this is fundamental. And I've seen it also in organization. It's if you skip this part and you start with the operative part, at some point you're going to realize that something is missing, something is not working. So starting point, agreement, making them explicit. And the agreements are not set in stones. We can always go back to them and adapt them. And of course, having uh, do we share the same purpose? Have we got the same North Star or not? It's very important. And if we do, are we aligned? You know, this is very agile, the, the PDCA, plan, do, check, learn, and adapt. Okay. It's also a philosophy of life. We can apply it in, in the classroom, in organization, in our personal life. But it's good sometimes to get out of the hamster wheel, pause, and reflect. This is fundamental. So now, since you've been working with EduScrum since 2017, and you've, you've figured out the, the PDCA, at what point did you get into working with organizations and the agile mindset? Well, this is very uh, recent. It's uh, started working with uh, thinking with you last year, September the 1st. So within this, of course, there's a big part for uh, agility. And there are more and more companies that we want to be more agile. We want to be more agile. So uh, I remember last, uh, last week, it was one of these companies and I say, first thing, I mean, what do you understand by agile? What is agile? What is not agile? And the big difference between to do agile and to be agile, because there are many places where it's, oh yeah, well, yeah we, we are agile, we use Scrum, we use Scrum, we use this, we use that. Okay. They follow the rules, they do the daily, 15 minutes standing up, they do this and that, but perhaps don't really understand why they, they're doing it. doesn't make sense. To be agile, okay, is to really understand it. And I think the gives you, it's um, uh, basically a set of uh, values and principles that give you the foundation, which helps you to take decision. Very simple example, the, the dailies, 15 minutes standing up and this. But if you can do it sitting down in 15 minutes and it works well, why not? Why not? It's just, it's a simple example, but it's, what is it for? Does it, does it make sense to you? Is it helpful? Okay. Is this going to be agile or not? Does it involve collaboration or uh, signing off a contract or something? So do you think that more organizations want to be agile than schools? That's a yeah, very interesting question and uh, all the more interesting because in a, since December and thinking with you, we've opened a, a new line of education, which consists in the following, to create bridges between the world of education and the world of organizations. Okay, so there is a trend. Okay, there is a trend. I 
perhaps you know more organizations wants to be agile than than schools and it exists actually two weeks ago went to visit one of the schools in a in the north of madrid and it's called uh, origami for change and it was incredible seeing this this uh, this school in a uh, in action entering and seeing kids from uh, three to i don't know 16 years old or 18 and basically i remember exactly we enter into a a, a classroom it's like a place and there were kids four years old and they were doing exactly what we do with organizations they were leaving how to facilitate a meeting they were decided on how they wanted to facilitate the meeting what type of listening want to do maybe be self-regulated with their own words and and they had a series of of, of uh, descriptive words that would help them decide on how they would <laughs> they would lead so that's Exactly what we're doing in, in big organizations, like they're multinationals, but with kids four years old. <laughs> and so a teacher who has heard of the Agile mindset, who's heard of EduScrum, and is already convinced that they want to try it, but they don't know how, and, and you ask them why. So my mm -hmm. response would be, yeah, I, I, my understanding is that this will give my students more ownership over their learning, mm -hmm. and I would like for them to have more ownership, but I don't know how. I need tools and I need a step-by-step -step guide on what I need to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, first there is a, there is a, a basic training definition of, of ready as the starting point where you actually, you, you experiment it because it's, if you read the guide, well, fine, you read the guide, but mm, I, don't, I still don't know because you haven't pass it through your body, as I say, through your body and experiment it. If you don't experiment it, it's, it's only the starting point because then when you finish this, it's definition of, of done. So you really have to apply it. And then that's when the questions come. I thought the celebration uh, criteria was clear, but it's not clear. What, what is it? What was it exactly? I, I don't know. So that's, that's normal. And it's part of the process. Confusion is part of the process. We all go through it. We all go through it. But if you don't go through it, Imagine when you start like this, improvising with the, the kids, it's like a, not the right mixture because <laughs> they're going to be confused. You're going to be confused and everybody's going to be confused. <laughs> I've heard that confusion in chain, in organizational change, confusion is the result of a changing vision. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? Yeah, sometimes a bit like the... Uh, uh, the allegory of the cave by Platon. You, you come out of the cave, it's like, there's a light, yeah, you're blinded, you don't know where. <laughs> what's, the first thing, you don't see what's happening, then little by little, you see the shapes and you start to understand where you are and wow, and you start to appreciate. But it's, it's, it's because it leads to, to question, you question, you question, and then you work out solution and you put this, like this little PDCA in, in action. You, you experiment, you reflect on it, from different point of view, you learn and you adapt. So many times, I think many of us who've started with Ediscrim, we had to adapt some aspect of it because something didn't work. Okay. Now, how does that how does that play into the difference between uh, um, an iterative process towards change and mm -hmm. an incremental process of change? It's combining the both both you know the iterative and the incremental first what's the difference between them well uh iterative basically you, you work in a in short cycle a short period of time okay but you can work in iterative without adding value 
okay? Could be iterative. For example, the, the example of the car, you know, I give you, you want a car. First, I give you a, a, a tire. Are you happy with the tire? I don't think you are. Whereas in the second example, you know, this might've seen this cartoon, the first one is a skateboard, is a skateboard. Wow, of course it's a metaphor here. Okay, it's a skateboard. But why? Because you need, what's your need? You need, Greg, is to go from A to B. Okay, so also I could have given you a bus ticket, but I got you a skateboard and then show you the skateboard. That's okay. And then you tell me, oh, I hate this skateboard. I say, why? Because, because it's red, I want it blue. Ah, only this, perfect. Well, that's learning. The first thing, like what's your MVP, uh, minimum viable product, or what is your skateboard, is the first objective is to learn. You learn, and at the same time, you provide value. So the second stage, you've got the, the handle, because you also you want more stability, and then you want to go from one campus to the other, you need more, uh, something that, so you got the bicycle, and then you come back with the bicycle, say, I need something more powerful, but I really enjoy I really enjoy the fresh air on my face. And, oh, interesting. So then the next one, you've got a motorbike and then your car, the result is a car, it's a comfortable. Why comfortable? Because I knew at some point I learned that you like the feeling of the fresh air in your face. Okay. Now they told you right off the bat, they wanted a car. So why didn't you just make them a car? I mean, this is what happened. I mean, it's you, most of the time at the end, you got the car. And kind of the happy face, but the uh, the happy face very rarely happens because most of the time the process is based on wrong assumption. We think we know, but we don't know. We take so many things for granted. Here again, the car is a metaphor. It could be anything having to do with user, customer, colleagues, anything. And I think that metaphor, I think that's the limitation of the metaphor is that because we already know what a car is, we already know that a car that we might want a car that does all of these things, we can just tell you that and be done with it. But when we talk about creating a new paradigm, a new environment, we're creating in, for this school an environment that they honestly don't know what it looks like. They just know that they want an agile mindset, but they have no idea what it's going to look like for them in their school with their employees. Well, the, the example, to go back to the example of the car, again, it's, it's a metaphor. And at the beginning, what Greg wants is from A to B. doesn't know how. He's got no idea about cars, bicycle. He just wants to go from A to B. So uh -huh. here, the same, from A to B. A, where you are now, for example, and B, like a school where, for example, where you feel, uh, you feel comfortable, you feel trust, and so on and so forth. Now, you're telling me that companies that you help become agile... Uh, so they're not doing agile, they're being agile. Once they've adopted the agile mindset, you know, how easy is it for them to then hire people who have never experienced that? The importance of structure, education, agency, without uh, structure is like random activities. The structure is, is fundamental. And this edusquam gives this frame, for example. And... When you enter a, a, a classroom or an organization that is being agile, okay, you can feel this invisible structure. I mean, you, it's, it's, there's something there, but it's not something that came because the teacher or the manager put some instructions. No, 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 no. It's much more complex. It started with agreement. It started with feedback loops, incremental, iterative, all these processes, all this combination. But then 
When it happens, you can feel the energy. I think the best way to understand Edu Scrum or to feel it is to come into a classroom where it is a classroom or not a classroom, take the walls out, is, is the energy you can feel. And there's this invisible uh, structure that's here. Mm. Do you think that invisible structure are values like trust, respect, responsibility and autonomy, community, integrity, fairness. Do you think those are the things that define, that are the invisible elements of that environment? This is, you do touch something uh, uh, crucial here, is that most of the time we speak about actions and outcomes, actions, outcome, action. But then beyond this bubble, there are values and assumptions, the things you don't see, okay? But which are keys, everything that comes here, the, the way people behave, it's like what you see on the surface. So the importance of coming back to it. And in classroom, for example, what we did is have each team, could you uh, create your tree of uh, values? Oh, tree of values. It's very interesting to see it also with the trainees and also in some organization, what would be your tree of values? So then they have it, they work it out together, they agree, they come and they present it and it's part of the team and we put it in the world, make it visible, it's here. It's here because at any moment we can go back to it. Okay. So I thought respect was part of your values. So what's happening here, for example, now? Because the other option would be the teacher comes in, this is the tree of value. Okay, let's do it. Now, uh, you, you, what is your tree of values? And then also you can, you can change. And at the same time, they can see the rest of the trees and say, oh, yes, it's true, it's value. And there's something beautiful about this, about Edu Scrum and all this is, even on online, because you can have the platform MyRook and all the boards online, is that you learn from others. And there's this thing in education about copying is bad. Don't copy, it's bad. No, it's not. Look at the Japanese culture, for example. The manga got inspired from Walt Disney, adapted to their, their own culture, for example. And that's what we do. I look at you, look at Greg's team. Let's say, oh, oh, you did it this way. How interesting. Get it? And we adapt it. Mm -hmm. And we learn. And we adapt. And this is also something fundamental to learn from other teams, this collaboration, because it's not just in one team, it's all among the team. And then to integrate this way of doing, and then when you leave school or wherever you are, replicate it. Same with organization. We had a session the other day, there were five tables. There works difference between team, group and team. Are you going to become a team? They had a name and identity, they start working together. At some point I asked, did you go to see what other tables were doing? Uh, no. Perhaps could be a good idea. Okay, let's find out. Because when we all leave this room, when you go back to your, to your places in different countries, this is what you want to do, to collaborate, to share good practice, okay, and to learn from each other. How do you think companies who are agile can help schools and districts become agile? Okay. And what about the other way around? Imagine if I took one of the managers of one of the organizations to the school we visited the other day, how much they could learn, how much they could learn from those little kids. <laughs> yes, they would learn a lot about transparency, collaborations, uh, giving portals of giving feedbacks, creativity. They would learn about uh, a lot of things, really a lot of things. So the idea and what's 
what we are working on from thinking with you and first by creating a, an education lifelong learning ecosystem is to create these places where there are encounters, all generations, four years old, 80, or, and also with organization, to create this, this space. And then we don't know what's going to happen. We facilitate, we can give the tools, but the beauty is what is emergent. When we have imagined just those kids we saw last time and an organization having a meeting and having a hackathon to get all together, imagine the number of things that can come out, out of it and all the learnings. That's the idea. That's the idea. So generating encounter encounters, then that would lead to action. Because if not, we don't believe really in it. Each time we meet somebody from the this ecosystem, it's like, what can we do together? And we focus on this action. I appreciate the give and take of how companies who are not agile can learn from schools who are agile, but I think the, the biggest obstacle right now is there aren't enough schools who are agile, that there are many more companies who are seeking to become agile. And because of that difference in numbers, that there are far more companies who are agile and far fewer uh, schools who are agile. I mean, it's kind of a chicken and the egg thing, you know, which do we start with? Because mm -hmm. the reality is that more companies are agile. Can we start there? And can those companies communicate to the universities and the high schools that they want employees who have an agile mindset? Can we start there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, I remember now of my first students of Edu Scrum here in Spain who uh, got in touch with me. Now she's at Oxford uh, University and she said, I'm looking for a job in a in, a, in London and they're looking for people who have experience in agility. And could you write to me a letter about the, the experience with Edu Scrum and all that? Yeah, sure, of course. And, uh, but that's, yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that's agility, that's uh, new ways of work. That's, yeah, that's, that's the key message. I fully agree. Let's make encounters where people talk about the importance of this. Uh, we, we kind of do it because we are, we are we're in between. I mean, we work with uh, some education center, but also with organization. But yeah, organization could go there and say, yeah, we need this. And, and the skills, it would be so surprising sometimes. Like a company, for example, imagine the scenario. Go through a transformation of a company. They leave it, they, they love it, they love it. Okay, now go to the school and share this with your school. Is that something that you're starting to do now, working with Thinking With You or some other educational uh, organization? Yeah. We are, uh, yeah, we work on different, different projects. There's even one in, a, in, a, in Kenya where we've got a school of, uh, for Maasai girls and uh, it's uh, with Beats for Education. Actually, we're working with them to organize different uh, workshops to give visibility and see the beautiful work they're, they're doing. And, uh, and uh, there's also recently, we had a several meetings with the uh, UNESCO, with the ASL, the UNESCO, and we're working on a, on a project that involves EduScrum. Uh, and it's about the last report, yes, it's about the last report of the UNESCO, which titles the futures of education, not the future, the futures of education. So we want, I mean, just like it's still in the pipeline, but just a, a, a little idea is to focus on the future of education. It's something that has to do with uh, inclusion. Hmm. So, yeah, we've got different projects on the pipelines already, some have already uh, started, but here it's where we start is to create this 
education lifelong learning ecosystem and we create encounters now we're working on a platform so that everybody could be could be there and in this platform same agreements making sure everybody uh, feel there is this sense of of, of caring and uh, and doing this together all the things the, the goals the agreement uh, the, the purpose doing this uh, together very important focus on action this has to be uh, concrete even if it's just one thing what are we going to do now, is there, is there anything that I didn't ask you about that that uh, you in particular wanted to mention and and share? Um, yeah, just express uh, gratitude for being where I am now with the people, uh, Surin Base, um, all these people, and making all these connections locally, nationally, internationally with you now. So it's just um, express gratitude. And for anybody who's looking for more information about what you're doing with EduScrum, with Thinking With You, where can they find more information about you and what you do? So there's something we do first, there's LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, also through the page of Thinking With You. And what we do, usually we have like virtual coffee with people who want to get closer to find out. So we organize those, those coffee and we, there's a conversation. That's the starting point. We're having a conversation and then we... What can we do? That's the idea. Hmm. Emmanuel, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your invitation.